Matthew chapter 15 is yet another debate between Jesus and the Pharisees, this time about purity rituals. The Pharisees are concerned about Jesus and his disciples not washing their hands before they eat. And this wasn't just a matter of hygiene for them, it's a matter of utmost importance in their relationship to God. According to the Mishnah, which is the written collection of many of these traditions that the Pharisees held, you can read that Moses received Torah at Sinai and handed it on to Joshua, Joshua to the elders, elders to the prophets, and the prophets handed it on to men of the great assembly. And they said three things, be prudent in judgment, raise up many disciples, and third and most important for our purpose, make a fence for the Torah. The traditions of the Pharisees, that's the fence that was built around the Torah. The reasoning was that since Israel was exiled and eventually put under the boot of Rome because of her sin, they would need to be extra careful to follow God's law exactly as possible, and in some cases, be even more demanding. Case in point would be our hand-washing dilemma. In the Torah, only the priests had to wash their hands, and that was part of the sacrificial process. The common people, they only had to wash hands when touched by something unclean. But in order to prevent any uncleanness at all among the people, it became a tradition to wash your hands at any time that you ate, lest you accidentally be unclean and taint what you were about to consume. Thus, a fence was built around the law. Keep to the tradition, they thought, and you were sure to keep the law. Break only the tradition, and you haven't necessarily sinned just yet. In Galilee, where Jesus is at this point, archaeological finds have confirmed that those ancient Jews in that area were very stringent in these matters. Vessels for washing have been found alongside Jewish icons, an abundance of coinage that lacks the pagan imagery of the more common currencies, and an absence of bones from unclean animals. So as Jesus and his disciples go ahead with their meals without washing their hands in this area, there could be any number of assumptions being made about them. That they didn't care about the Jewish identity, that they had no concern about the law of God, or that they were among those responsible for God's continued absence. He wouldn't come back until people like Jesus got their act together. But Jesus sees through their criticisms and calls them hypocrites, people who put on an act of loving God, but whose hearts are far from him. Jesus says that in keeping their tradition, they've left behind obeying God. The fence designed to honor God's law had, in a sense, become a God. He gives an example in verses 4 through 6. For God commanded, honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Jesus is describing a practice that was called Corbin, and it's unknown in the Old Testament law. A person could dedicate a piece of property to the temple, but only pass it on at the time of their death. In modern terms, it was to list the temple as a beneficiary in their will. Now, once that dedication was made, it remained in your control, and you couldn't give it to anybody else. And this created some loopholes for those who wanted to avoid taking care of their parents. They could just dedicate things to the temple and only worry about losing them once they were already dead. So by following this tradition, they avoided the word of God, made it empty, useless. And Jesus sums this attitude up with a quote from Isaiah in verse 8. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So what is it that does defile a person? If these simple ritual matters don't alienate us from him, what does? Well, Jesus calls attention not to what goes into a person, but what comes out. 
in Matthew chapter 15, at verse 19, he says, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. In drawing attention to the heart over rituals of the Pharisees, Jesus stands in a long line of prophets who had the very same concern. Amos chapter 5, verse 21, God speaks, saying, I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Rather, in verse 24, let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. In Hosea 6, 6, God says, I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And again in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 through 17, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. This is what God wants from us. The Pharisees, he warns, are blind guides leading others to the pit, a metaphor for destruction. Because they don't hear or understand Jesus, they're going to be uprooted and cast away. And we need to ask ourselves, what traditions are we holding up at the expense of obeying God? Have we voided God's call to repentance and baptism in exchange for the sinner's prayer, which is nowhere found in Scripture? Have we depended on traditional interpretation of scriptures instead of taking a fresh look for ourselves? Do we simply go along with the church authority without ever engaging with God? And what technicalities do we come up with so that we can avoid obeying God? These are all blind guides who are leading us nowhere near him. Next and finally, we have the story of the Canaanite woman. It's a difficult story because we have a Gentile woman, non-Jewish, who's begging Jesus to heal her daughter. And at first, Jesus doesn't answer her a word. After his disciples come to him on her behalf, he says that he was only sent to Israel. And then after she kneels before him, he calls her a dog. What happened to that sweet, cuddly Jesus we hear so much about? Well, Jesus is doing what he's done with so many others. He's challenging their faith and their persistence. This Gentile woman wouldn't let anything stop her from coming to the table, even if only to get a crumb. She rightly recognizes that Jesus is the master, that she doesn't belong at his table. But like any of our dogs who love to hang out as close as possible, she keeps coming closer and closer to Jesus. And Jesus commends this, saying in verse 28, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. The woman understands how little she deserves from Jesus but Jesus gives her so much more. Her faith has brought her to be fully included. She wasn't turned away. She had a chair pulled up for her. You can have a seat at the table too, as long as you know where you stand in a relationship to Jesus. You come begging for the crumbs, and Jesus is going to present you with an entire meal.